It's really no secret that bands have had a hard time coming up with content during the lockdown. Sadly, we've seen the demise of some, the rise of none, and the absolute thriving of others. August Burns Red clearly is thriving. With live streams and now a re-recording of their record Leveler, ABR really never ceases to amaze their fans. If you're a fan of the podcast, you know that I name-check them a lot, specifically drummer Matt Greiner, who's been on the show once before, and singer Jake Lures, who holds the record with three appearances. Talking with Greiner again on this episode today was a wonderful full-circle moment. Not just because we reminisced about Leveler, but because I first met Greiner around the time of its original release, and interviewed him a lot. Time is weird. We get into what it looks like to freshen up the album, how his view on Leveler has changed, and how his perception of his own progression as a drummer and artist has morphed in the last 10 years. Matt Greiner is a dude I've interviewed a handful of times over the years, and I can't say enough good things about the guy. It's been such a joy to see this band grow to the insane heights that it has over the past 10 years, and getting to listen to Leveler all over again as if it were 2011, and they just nailed it. The re-release of Leveler, the 10th anniversary edition, will be out May 21st. On May 22nd, ABR will be performing the record in full via live stream. I'll be posting the links everywhere. Enjoy my conversation with August Burns Red's Matt Greiner. Does this sound okay? Yeah, that's so weird. Hold on. Can you hear me now? Uh Uh-huh, I gotcha. There we go. I don't know what was happening there. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. This is cool that I can use my computer for this. I, yeah. I was on my phone and my computer and my phone rang at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, computer. Yeah. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I feel it like I bad. I have so minimal technology going on to make these work, but it comes out the best. So whenever like oh. when you're like, can I record on my end or should we do it through this? I'm like, I don't know what any of that is. <laughs> Let me just do FaceTime. <laughs> Let me do Man, the simplest that's, thing. That's what's COVID. That, I think that's the biggest change that COVID is, has created in my life. It's just like, you almost have to be a Renaissance man and do everything. Yeah. You know? No, I'm, I'm curious. Because... I mean, yeah. I mean, I, obviously you have the farm and stuff, but I mean, every time when you guys post a video that's like here's the new thing that we're doing and you know here's this level or idea I'm like yeah every band has to be sitting there just like we didn't know it was going to last this long mm-hmm. what can we possibly do and you guys I, I feel like you guys have done the most you've done a we've lot we've done of, a lot yeah <laughs> but for for level or i mean let's get in. that's that's my favorite album it's got my favorite song empire uh, oh sweet there's so much to like i i went back i was watching the video for empire this morning and i was like oh that's right like matt's wearing like a veil arm shirt i think that's jake, right jake has like a released tank top from our buddy tim and i was like man that feels like 100 years ago <laughs> oh dude it does i i didn't even think about that music video until you just said that there's there's like rocks crumbling and i remember mm-hmm. they had like a red cam on that shoot which was crazy for us to see like a really nice camera on shoot Mm -hmm. on set you know was that i like leveler i like leveler a lot too i i I didn't really like it all that much after we recorded it um but then i went back and like relearned all the songs for Mm -hmm. this re-record and it's like i really i really like this record it's cool well i remember you saying last time we talked was on the constellations uh this Uh last one and I think you had said you had to like hit up some kids on YouTube to like relearn the drums. <laughs> Did you have to? How was it this time? Oh, same thing. Really? 
same thing. Like, go on YouTube, search for August Friends Red, Pangea drum cover. I haven't played that song since I recorded it. Right. So I didn't remember what the parts were. It's hard to listen to a song and figure out everything that you played, you know? Like, you can get close, but it's but I'm a visual learner, so I'd mm-hmm. rather have that supplemental help if I could. Yeah. So, like, search for it. Okay, there's two covers. One, you can't tell what's going on. The other one is pretty good. Send him a comment. You know, leave a comment. Hey, man, thanks for the help. And I was thinking about it. I think I was telling you, like, mm-hmm. he's probably moved on with his life. He's sitting in a cubicle somewhere. Right. Hasn't touched his drum set in 10 years in a a YouTube notification pops up. <laughs> yeah, I think he said the first time that kids were like, uh, no, there's no way that this is Matt. Why would he do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, because I'm desperate and humble. <laughs> humble enough to be like, yeah, sorry, man. I don't know. Yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> like, I I need I need help. And it's the same thing with, like, sermon prep. And, like, if I'm teaching for a church or someone mm-hmm. or something, I'll, I'll, I'll be writing my message, and then I'll think, well, I don't need to copy somebody else, but someone else has done this already. So let me look at what they have to say about it and bounce my ideas off of it. It's Mm -hmm. usually like Tim Keller, C.S. Lewis. And then it like really gives me direction as far as where to go. It's it's the same thing. Like I Mm -hmm. know the option is there to get some help. So it doesn't uh, affect me at all to like throw a lifeline and get some help. Yeah. It's, yeah, you know. it's just such a funny thing. But also, of course, you've done however many albums since then, and you probably haven't played these songs. Yeah, in 10, 10 plus years. So, Pangea, uh, Leveler, we played, but not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we played Poor Millionaire a lot. Boys of Fall, we never played. Oh wow! And that song, I really like. Mm-hmm. After relearning, I'm like, this song's this song's heavy. This song's pretty cool. Uh, Internal Canada, we played. Obviously, Empire, mm-hmm. we played the most. Leveler was like one of those records where we really only hit one song over the course of our career from it. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, and it's obviously empire. Um, Carpe Diem we've played some of the other ones we, we played here and there, but mm-hmm. for sure empire had the most play. Yeah. I think that was the first one where maybe, I don't know. I, I feel like at the time, like I had always been a big fan of you guys and it was almost at the time way more so just from getting to spend time with you guys than like, Oh, I'm so into this music. And that came later. <laughs> um, that sounds, that sounds weirdly insulting. Um, that That's I like. <laughs> funny. So you hung out with us first and then you, yeah, and then you started to like the music. Yeah. I knew who you guys were from just from like working with other, other bands. You know, it was the thing where it was like, Oh, sleeper, August burns red. We're kind of like those bands are always in the yeah. same conversation. Um, but yeah. yeah, when you guys were in Idaho that time and we, we crashed your Bible study over at Tully's, I think was, was it. And, uh, and over the years of doing this job too, like there's been a lot of times where I've either gotten assigned something or I've been like, I've heard a lot about this band. I don't, I'm not a fan yet. And then after the interviews, you're like, okay, like I want to support these people. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I think you guys are the biggest, (laughs) the biggest story I have of just like, oh, they were just all so cool. And now, yeah, now I want to like it. Now I like want to die. And now I want to like their music. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times it's like you like their music and then you meet them and they suck. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, uh, they, I wrote, I, I, su- yeah, <laughs> a lot of those they stories. They suck as human beings, man. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, it, that's funny. Cause I, 
I've, I've hit you up about this recently, um, but I have my, my book about working in the music industry is coming out in June. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's always like the first question is like, okay, so who's a jerk? Like who, you know, these <laughs> bands? And I'm like, honestly, I haven't had that many bad experiences. And there's certainly a lot that are more so like, if I go into it, like, I love this band. Like I'm, you know, this band means so oh. much to me. Oh, okay. It cut out for, it cut out for like a little bit, but I'm, okay. I'm back on. Okay, cool. We're yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's more experiences that are uh, where I go into it with super high expectations, and then they're an average dude, and you're like, oh well, I kind of thought I don't. Yeah, and you're like, what did I think they were going to be like speaking in poetry the whole time and <laughs> so deep everything they said? <laughs> you got to manage your expectations, I think. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to hear kind of where you were at when Leveler came out. Um, do you where do you mark that i guess in abr's history of do you feel like that was a turning point album at all like where what do you remember about that time leveler was on the heels of our biggest record constellations Mm -hmm. and leveler i think became our biggest record Uh, i realized that a band's biggest album is usually a sequel to their to the to the album that was their breakthrough album like their big their a band's biggest album usually isn't their biggest album. It's the one before it. Because right. in like in our case, Constellations was big, but it was the most popular for mm-hmm. sure. And then Leveler came out and it wasn't as popular as Constellations, in my opinion, but it sold more because of our popularity on Constellations. Does oh, that yeah. make sense? Yeah, totally. Like there's more name recognition. There's there there's more of an audience because of the album preceding it. Mm-hmm. Um so at the time, like it was like, oh boy, you know, Thrill Seeker, zero expectations. Messengers, nowhere to go but up. <laughs> you know, felt like we crushed it, did something really cool. Constellations at major expectations, met them and exceeded them, I think in most cases, like as far as maturity is concerned. Definitely JB and and Jake, you know, JB on strings and Jake on vocals. And then Leveler was like okay, ABR is finding some more out-of-the-box elements like internal canon. And there's just a little bit more randomness on this instead Mm -hmm. of the straight like thrash metalcore that you had on Constellations. So like if if I was writing all of the music for the band, we would sound like messengers on every album because Mm -hmm. it would just be like, it'd be tons of breakdowns and tons of rhythms because I'm a drummer Mm -hmm. and I don't think like a guitarist in terms of melody constellations is like JV's mindset in metal in conjunction with my mindset. And then leveler is more JB and his experimental, Mm -hmm. you know, mindset and more of my lyrics. This album is extremely spiritual um almost from start to finish mm-hmm. like empire boys of fall um even like even a song like carpe diem even though dustin wrote it about like you know someone in his life who was kind of speaking to the fact that he's never going to make it in this industry and he's saying yes i can i can do this you're still having this inner conversation yeah. which has spiritual connotations um something we all go through as christians that sort of inner dialogue what some people would call your soul mm-hmm. um so the record's really important to me lyrically because i think it's really solid i think it it has 
I think it's been helpful to a lot of people, which I think is why I like it the most because yeah. it's the lyrics are relatable and Jake executed well in screaming them. And I think I think I assumed that uh, I knew that you had done lyric writing in the past and stuff, but nowadays is it all is it all Jake or did you guys all contribute? It kind of filters through him or what? Jake doesn't write many of the lyrics anymore Hmm. um jake wrote like mariana's trench um jake wrote leveler but um i think leveler leveler and 40 nights might be the two that he wrote on that album and then like brent wrote pangea um i think jake wrote cutting the ties but i wrote empire divisions um Boys of Fall. Um, I have to think about all the songs on that album. There's <laughs> quite a few, uh, but it, it was like just a good collaboration. Like mm-hmm. Jake's lyrics smash. Um, Brett's lyrics are awesome. Dustin can do everything, so of course he can write lyrics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, he he's he plays bass, drums, guitar, vocals. Hmm. Crazy. That, I, I think, uh, and I've heard you guys complimented as this before, that there's, and mainly from other bands, that there's few bands like you guys where all five of you, it's not it's not even necessarily that you're great at your one thing. That's good enough, but that all of you have multiple skills, and that's why the band has grown so much. And I feel like, and maybe you disagree, but since Leveler, it's only been up. There's never been like, yeah. a, oh, there was that one album that they kind of, you know, <laughs> it's it's been, I still feel like, pretty upward trajectory, would you say? Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I would hope so. I, for me, the at the time, Leveler was like the album that I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm kind of like not sure about this album, and I'm scared about what people are going to say about it. And now I would say that album is Rescue and Restore. Um, but fans have to. What fans don't see is where the musicians are at at that time in their lives, and what they're going through, and what they're thinking, and how much they're mm-hmm. contributing, and what you know, what the writer's block is like, what the recording process was like. So, so Leveler was, was cool because it was the last time we were actually away from home for the recording. Oh, really? Since, since Leveler, since Rescue and Restore, which came after Leveler, we've recorded in Lancaster or York hmm. uh, or Landisville, all in Pennsylvania, all within 40 minutes of here, like where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. So like when you go away to record an album, not only are you recording the album, but you have all these memories and experiences at the location in which you're recording. And you're a kid. Like I was was 24, I think. Um, So, you know, I I took my scooter down there and Mm -hmm. I drove around in Florida and Jason Sukoff was a riot. And it's just so many memories wrapped into the experience. In fact, I remember I didn't have everything written for Leveler as is usually the case, there's usually a couple parts that I haven't, I don't like my drum parts enough to like say, that's it. Mm-hmm. I got it. And so I, I sort of procrastinate those parts. Yeah. And so I get to the studio so that the pressure cooker of you got to track this kicks in. And I met a guy down there named Phil Thibodeau, who's become a good friend of mine. He was going to school at a Bible college down there. And I sent out a tweet, something like, I'd like to go to this church um, R, you know, R.C. Sproul is the pastor. It's like 20 minutes from where I am. Does anyone want to go? And this this kid Phil hit me up and 
since then we've become friends. He's a drummer and he helped me write this part in Internal Canon, hmm. like in the back shed on Jason Sukoff's property. And so it's it's stuff like that that I remember about the album and it makes yeah. it even more nostalgic because there I, I have all these memories of like where I was and what I was doing when I recorded it. Yeah. So what what was the the fear or the hesitancy that you uh, or the stuff that you didn't like? Was it like were you afraid of the experimentation stuff at all? How that was going to be received? Because I do remember that being a big oh. like, well, they got weird. I like it, but Whoa. they got weird, you know, we got weird. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't scared at all about that stuff. I think because of JB being just such a good songwriter, like I don't I have confidence in what he's doing. Um, that I don't I don't really doubt it. Hmm. I I just I mean even if I don't love the part or I don't like how fast it is or I don't like that it's hard to play over. You know, usually those are the frustrations. Like it's really hard to write to. It's it's really fast. Um. Or like I don't understand it, mm. but it, it's it's not. I don't think it's really ever the case that it's like I don't like this because I'm ex- I'm scared what people are going to think of it. Oh, okay. I have like I have just zero doubt in JB's writing and composition. Uh, so for me, it was like I don't like what I'm playing. I've I've gone through six, seven, eight, nine, ten different ideas here, and I don't like any of them. Mm-hmm. So instead of like locking in exactly what i'm playing on drums for this part i'm just going to play up to this part and then fudge this part and get to Hmm. the next one and i'll figure that little part out at some point so coming back to it was this just like a i can can get it right this time or like i can do everything that i wanted to do last time oh dude it it was so much fun re-recording this thing because i played it exactly the way it was on the album with very few exceptions because i I'm the kind of musician where when it's written and recorded, like that's it. Mm -hmm. It's final. I'm not the kind of musician or artist um, that says, ah, I wish I could change that. Like, Mm -hmm. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I think JB is more like that. Mm -hmm. My mindset is like when it's done, it's completed, it's checked off. I'm very happy with it. Not only because I like it, but because it's, it's done. It's a package deal. Yep. And so when I re-recorded it, I was super prepared. I went in and I tracked everything like within four four days, I think, mm-hmm. which is really fast for me. It was like four songs a day. And I had so much fun just because I knew exactly what I was doing. Like mm-hmm. I know what's next. I can play it well. Um, I'm not frustrated. I'm having fun. <laughs> like it was just, it was a blast. And it made me fall back in love with the album. So how do you, I, I guess the, to me, the challenge would be we, we did this thing, not only was it a significant amount of time ago, but we did a thing and we all signed off. This is the best version of this thing. 10 years later, you come back and say, how do we freshen this thing up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Um, JB and, uh, JB and Dustin really shined it up. Mm-hmm. They, they really shined it up. So have you, have you heard Poor Millionaire? Yeah, yeah. I ju- well, I just got the record on Friday and was out of town. Oh, so you I, did? I heard it. Yeah, I played it all day Friday and then as much as I could this morning. <laughs> oh, well, then you know. Like, they really shined it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... We were careful to not change vocal patterns because people fall in love with the way in which Jake is saying things. Mm-hmm. We did adjust a few things. Like, for example, he got his math wrong in Leveler. <laughs> so he had to actually, like, redo the math and, and re-scream it. But like we tried changing some of the vocal patterns, for example, in Pangea, mm-hmm. 
there's some really weird vocal patterns and we try to change it. And it's like, I don't like this at all. Hmm. Like it, 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 it's gotta be the old way. Um, for so, example, the beginning, the beginning of that song is in seven. And so it's, it's kind of hard to write over just with how everything lands. And I think Brent and Jake were trying to change it. They bounced the demos for it. And I immediately was like, I don't really like this guy. I'm sorry. And this, it, it was like the same for everybody else too. Hmm. Um, but JB had changed a lot of solos and melodies. Dustin wrote solos, played a lot of guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin and JB tracked all the bass and guitar. Wow! The enti- for the entire album, uh, obviously I went in and did drums. Um, actually, at the end, along with Jake. That's awesome. So there wasn't any yeah. any sort of like, wow, what was I thinking on this ten years ago? <laughs> I don't think so. That's awesome. I don't think anybody was really feeling that way. I know Jake feels very good about his vocals. Mm-hmm. He he feels like his vocals really improved, um, and I would agree. I, th- I think his screams gotten better over the last ten years. Yeah, is would you say Millionaire would that be the one that went through the most change? Um, that's a big one. We uh, that that's a big one. We slowed it down a little bit. Added the, you know, added the solo. Um, let me think. I know you added Ryan Kirby to a song, so yeah, that'd be a big one. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a big one. Um, yeah, I mean, just with like the guest stuff, that makes it special. Um, but we we just kind of sweetened the deal, mm-hmm. like tightened everything up, made it all sound better, and updated it. And man, just to know, like that I played the same parts that I did 10 years ago. Um, but to know that like I played them and I played them well and I took my time learning and relearning and practicing and tuning. It just, it just feels good. It feels yeah. like I put in the right amount of work to get this done. 2021 version. Well, to see, yeah. I mean, to see your own progression, I think, I mean, you're yeah. confident with the album, but to know like, well, also now here's a measuring stick of what I've learned in the last 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And in some ways, like I don't, I haven't gotten a ton better. In some ways <laughs> I've gotten a lot better. Like mm-hmm. it's funny. I don't know how it was that I started playing drums when I was 14 or 15 and recorded Thrill Seeker when I was 18 or 19 because that was so early on, like the amount of progress from when I first picked up sticks until I tracked Thrill Seeker. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you would think you can stretch that out. And by the time you're 15 years in, you'll be taking over the planet. But it just, it doesn't work like that. It's like there's this, you know, massive growth in the first five years and then it's continual growth. And now it's like maintenance Mm -hmm. and like slight growth, Hmm. you know? Interesting. Yeah. That's got to feel good though. Like you, like master is a big word, but I mean, in a way you've mastered that craft. Or you're it, at a confident it feels level. it feels good to still be confident in playing drums at 35 and to like be able to pull it off. Like yeah. it's a pretty intense instrument, and yeah. you got to be fit to do it. Uh, not fit physically necessarily, but like conditioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I see stuff, uh, you know, about some of the bigger, you know, somebody like Travis Barker or something, and the lifestyle he kind of wants to maintain to be that good at yeah. drums, it's like, oh, this is this is a full body mental and mental thing you have to do to uh-huh. be good at this. <laughs> yeah he does like the ropes and yeah 
Man. I guess if that's your, yeah, if that's your entire, entire career, I get it. Um, going, yeah. again, kind of going back and getting in that mindset of something from 10 years back, uh, were, were there conversations or even just internally for you of like, I can't, like when we were those guys 10 years ago, who knew that we were going to get, you know, nominated for Grammys, that we were going to do this many more albums, like, where did you think ABR was going at that point? I didn't think about, I didn't think about what was possible. I, I thought about what we had done and how to do it again on leveler. Mm -hmm. Like we did let, you know, we did thrill seeker. We did messengers. We did constellations. Now let's do this. And it was like, my mindset only took me as far as doing the record. Mm -hmm. And then let's do that first tour. Yeah. Let's, let's get to that point. And then let's do the next tour. And then let's shoot a music video. And I think it was like, it's sort of a safety mechanism that's mm -hmm. in play. And like, you can really only control this project right here, right now. Or you can really only practice and rehearse and prepare for this tour right here, right now. Um, and it, it much more of that and much less of like long-term long ball vision. Yeah. Um, Which is probably the healthiest. <laughs> yeah. It might, it might, might be a little healthier. Yeah. It's about all I can handle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, I don't know that I can handle like what ifs 10 years down the road. It just doesn't. Yeah. I like, even now I'm sitting here thinking like talking to my girlfriend, like, Hey, you know, I want to do this for a while. I'm 35 in five years, totally still be doing it 10 years from now. Like I could be, yeah, I could be, it's, I'm really going to have to work to be able to maintain this, mm -hmm. but like I could be, yeah. you know, how, how do you feel about that? You know, and she's <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I think it's great. So in that way, I think I'm starting to look, you know, more down the road and mm -hmm. to get that, to get back to the Grammys, man, that, that would be, that would be that would be really important for us, I think. Yeah. To get back there. Yeah, the fact that it's yeah. happened twice so far, it does feel like okay, this is it's it's gonna happen. It's just yeah. Yeah. Matter of time. Mastodon, what four times before they got it or something? I was mean, it really? they were there a lot. Yeah. I know who who was it? I hate to ask this, but I'm sure you'll know who were the two the two times that you didn't win. Who who won those? Was it Ghost? Was one of them? I think. Ghost won the first time. Mm -hmm. And Mastodon on the second. Oh, okay. So you couldn't be that mad about Mastodon. <laughs> no, I was mad about Ghost, but I wasn't mad about Mastodon. Yeah, I think a lot of people were mad about Ghost. Um, <laughs> I was like, no. Oh, my um, parents are here. Uh, <laughs> that's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to have to tell your, your mom that you lost to guys that look like that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Are you enjoying uh, doing doing the live show stuff, like adapting to everything you guys have had to? Because you are, you're doing a stream for this one too, right? Yep, yep. So we're going to be doing a stream for this. Um, it's a lot of work. I was saying to JB, it's almost like, like imagine starting a band and being told that you're going to be doing this. You start a band so that you do this. Mm -hmm. And you say as a musician, well, wait. Live stream, okay. Online merch, okay. Uh, are we ever going to tour? And if the person said, no, no, this is what it's like to be a band. Mm -hmm. How many people would still start bands? Right. 
And so I was, I was saying to JV, like, this really isn't what you start a band to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really realize it until you don't have the touring opportunity. So we're treading water, and I think that we all enjoy it, but we all understand that, like, we enjoy it a lot because it's getting us to where we want to be again, which is on tour. Yeah. When I imagine that I I, I can't, I mean, I, I can assume for you and Jake, especially not for the other guys maybe, but that you and Jake probably really, really miss that fan interaction and hanging out after shows and stuff. So where does that balance out? Or do you find that you're on Instagram and and stuff way more trying to connect that way? Yeah. I'm on Instagram. I respond to every message on Instagram, every direct message. I started doing that a couple of years ago and that's been great. Like, I can't believe, I can't imagine how many I would miss, um, Mm -hmm. how many conversations I would miss are like, thank you, man. Like, that's really nice of you to buy all of those vinyls or hang all those set lists on your wall or like, well, that's a cool drum groove. You learned that from us, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I, for years, I didn't, I didn't check my direct messages. It makes me think of someone like LeBron James who like must just get loaded. Like, just imagine how many and Mm -hmm. you just, you, you can't even begin to work through it. Right. Um, but I can because I'm not LeBron James. <laughs> I was like, Did you really <laughs> just compare? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I have like one, one, one millionth of what he has, and it's still overwhelming sometimes. Right. So that that's what makes me think of someone like him, like with massive success. I'm like, how in the world could you ever do that? Mm-hmm. Um, but you think even so if you I, got through, yeah. you know, ten of them in a day, that's still you know making ten people pretty happy. So. Yeah. And me too. Like it just keeps me grounded. I mean, I'll be farming and then I'm drumming and then I'm interacting with fans and it's, it's all sort of working together. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the luckiest guy. I have the coolest jobs and I'm still connected to like the, the fan base that's out there. That's hungry for us to be back. If I were to rank the guys in the band, uh, as far as like eagerness to get back out, here's how I would do it this is me projecting. So mm-hmm. I, I can't confirm or deny this, but this is just me observing. So number one, um, JB and Brent are tied for wanting to get up, you know, back out on tour mm-hmm. Two, Dustin drop down three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And you have, you have me <laughs> and then nine and 10 is Jake. He's not, he's not, it's just because he's got so much going on too. He's got enough to occupy his time at home. <laughs> I'm sure you all do, but. I think him and I are, are the most homebody mm. and also have other responsibilities that we enjoy and are going to be challenging when we leave. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas JB, Brent, and Dustin, like they, they have kept the band at the center of, their focus and haven't let a whole lot of other things come in. Mm. And so it's like, it would be really nice to experience all of that and not just a part of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're all excited to get back out and we're going to, like, mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before we get back out there. Well, it's been nice to see, I mean, like Jake's thing, obviously the big thing that opening his gym and stuff, but since none of us knew, nobody told us at the beginning of this, Hey, you're going to have this many months to be at home. So figure yeah. some stuff out uh, that we were all just kind of holding on for a few months. And then after a while it was like, well, maybe this is the time to start that project to get that. I know. And so, and we still don't know, you know, it's all still gray. So 
Yeah, I keep so thinking, man, if, if I would have known at the beginning, I would have like made a plan, you know? I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because everyone's just like pushing off. Mm-hmm. Like, well, we'll probably get back out there. I mean, we got sent home in March, and it, it was like June till we saw each other again when we were working on Guardian sessions. And we were like pretty much working in different rooms at that point. Mm-hmm. And we're still thinking, like, oh, we'll probably get out in September. Yeah. Well, and I mean, to hear, I remember initially, too, you know, six, seven months in hearing bands say, like, well, our next record's done and being like, well, cool, there's going to be this big flood when this is all over. And then a little while goes by, and I think it was Census Fail. They're like, well, album number two is done. So, like, we'll see. And just being like, oh, my, like, that's how much time has gone by. So, I don't know if, have you guys, is, where are you at with something new? Something new? <laughs> not not thinking about it. Okay. I'm not thinking about it. I'm working on this leveler project and and looking to make it as sweet as possible. I, you know, I, obviously, we put a lot of work into the re-record and are putting a lot of work into this uh, live stream and just the whole event, all the merch, all the all the stuff we're signing for this thing, mm-hmm. all the press we're doing. It all works together. And, um, you know, I think before we know it, we're going to be back on tour. And then we're going to be like, crap, we have to write a new record. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that time is coming, to your point. It's been yeah. that long. We need to all guardians up so i'm not really thinking about it right now that's fair probably next probably next month i'll start thinking about it. <laughs> oh that's yeah i'll call you next month it's, you know in june like it's may 3rd it's yeah it's flying already um well yeah it's so it's so cool to be able to do this i've done so many uh of these types of you know an interview that's like hey this band's doing a 15 or 20 year you know re-release and i'm like oh that's so cool because i was like 15 when that came out and how cool to do this type of interview now with this one i thought i i probably did this with matt in 2011 so you probably did (laughs) yeah i know which is so it's cool kind of thinking the same thing like my dad was asking me this morning he's like so how much time do you have to plant uh, we're planting soybeans. I was mm-hmm. like, well, the interview is with a friend of mine. So it's quite a bit different than usual than our usual interview where I don't feel like I have any, you know, I can't really move other stuff around and I don't really know what I'm getting into either. And uh, it's like, man, that's cool. Jameson and I go way back. Isn't that you're crazy? Just, you're just a good, a good guy, man. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I, I always enjoy seeing you. Um, I always enjoy hanging out and you're, you're always up to something that <laughs> is is interesting and productive and positive. Thank you. And uh, I like see I like seeing that in you. You haven't like gone off and done something completely different that I don't get to see you anymore. You're, you're yeah. still still flirting with the industry, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's honestly the perfect way to put it because I I think back. I'm 35 as well, and I think back to being late 20s or even before 25 and being like. I don't know if I still want to be doing this when I'm 25 or 27, you know, like maybe, maybe I'll move on to something else. And then yeah. each, every couple of years, I don't know if I want to do that when I'm 30. And so, <laughs> but it just, but thankfully it looks different. You know, it's because, you know, yeah. podcast became the thing. So that was easy to yeah. move into and, and all that. And I think I, I feel like I cite you often as a launching pad of like when we were doing hope core back in the day mm-hmm. uh that it was like all right so we did we had this huge whiteboard and we're like okay like who are contacts we have already and it was you know three or four people long and you were one of them because of veil arms 
Yeah, Vail Arms. And so it became a thing that, like, as soon as we did interviews with you, we were able, the next person we were able to be like, well, we've had ABR before. Yeah, like, we've had that, Matt on. Does that sound yeah. cool? Yeah. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, like, no, <laughs> quit what you're doing. Yeah. All right. Once again, that was Matt Griner, a return guest and all time favorite of the show. Be sure to check out at August Burns Red on all social media. Again, Leveler, the 10th anniversary edition, will be out May 21st. And on May 22nd, they will be performing the album in full via live stream. See ya.